I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Boulay Cav Show special guest pulled up with the Grand Marnier, Mickey Fax. Smicky. What up, man? Yo, I don't think enough people in hip-hop know about Grand Marnier, because you're the only rapper I've ever seen <laughs> off that Grand Marnier, man. Yeah, yeah, that's the way it's supposed to be. That's that orange shit. Yeah, liqueur. Is this something like, is this like your go-to? It's been my go-to as of late. Um, I was heavy on it in 09 when I did my deal at Jive, and I just started picking it back up recently. All right, so... I always, when I think of Mickey Fax, I think of golden era of the blog era of rap music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the time, there was Not Right, there's Two Dope Boys, all these just staples and, you know, really the real A&Rs of that era were those blog sites, right? Yep. Um, and you were one of the forefathers of that era. I yeah. feel like, you know, you kind of, you know, yeah. grandfathered a lot of that shit that was going on at that time, man. And, um, you know, obviously it was on... The second freshman cover. Yep. The one that really made the freshman cover like blow a up thing. Because that first freshman cover was cool. It was cool. Great artist on there, but it wasn't like really a thing until the second one hit. Second one hit, it changed the game. Because um, the first one, as as great as, I thought it was a great cover, but it didn't do too well. It was like Crooked Eye, Joel Ortiz. Lupe. Lupe. Was Boozy on there? Boozy was on there. Yeah. Um, Saigon. Yep. Pap. It was a couple people on there. The thing about it was like the game was changing from the streets to the to the internet. And when Dayton Thomas got there, he was like, I want to do a freshman cover and I want to cover the blog, the people who was big on the blogs. They said, Hell no. And he was he fought and fought and fought and made it happen because the the last one didn't sell well. When we did that one, that's like the top selling. That was one of the top selling magazines. Yeah, because it was you, Asheroth, Wale. B.O.B. B.O.B. Charles Hamilton. Corey, man, Corey Charles Guns. Hamilton, Corey Every Guns. time I hear Charles Hamilton's name, I just I, I was such a big fan. And yeah. just, I, Free Charles. He's locked up right now. Oh, is he shit? Yeah, yeah. Corey Guns was Ace Hood on there. Ace Hood. Cuddy. Cuddy. Currency. Wow. And Blue. Wow. 
Yeah, that's a crazy cover. That's a crazy cover. It's nuts. And it's funny too because at the time, I remember like the the the, the people who you were like, hmm. It was like Ace Hood. Ace Hood made the cover, and I was like, hmm. I mean, obviously Ace Hood went on to have hit records and like a great yeah. career and stuff, but like incredible. But yeah, that was such a. It was it, to me. It just kind of really time stamped the era perfectly. Perfectly, it was a perfect, perfect, perfectly balanced. Like yeah. Thanos would say, were, were you know, was there a lot of camaraderie between a lot of a lot of you guys on that cover at the time? The time me and Corey were very cool. Uh, I was a fan of Blue. Me and Currency was super cool. Uh, me and Wale had a little bit of issues. Uh, me and Cuddy had did a record. We were cool. Me and Co- uh, Ch- me and Charles were cool. I had met Ace Hood that day. So for the most part, I was cool with everybody. There. What was the, what were the issues you had with Wale? It was just some music stuff. Like I was trying to get some music done with him. Um, me, him, and Pusha, I was trying to get a track with us three on it, and it just didn't happen. Um, so I kind of took offense to that. I was new to the game, so I didn't really understand what was going on. I didn't know how. I thought if somebody sent you a record and, you know, you guys are on the same level, you coming up, you just get it done. But uh, he, he was real busy at the time. He couldn't get to it. So that was like one of my first lessons in the industry. But I took it to heart, and that's why we kind of had issues at that time. Mm, was it an awkward shoot? It was a very awkward shoot. It's very <laughs> awkward. Um, but you know, there was, you know, darker forces behind the scenes and when he kind of realized what was going on, he kind of spun the block and was like, Yo, my fault, you know. Um, I understand what you was trying to do and there was people that was in my ear at the time, so you know, he apologized and we kinda got behind it after that. Yeah, it's it's crazy because if you look at a lot of the guys on that cover, right, there's so much like what ifs on that cover, right? Yeah. Like, what if Asher Roth came out five years later? Because I yeah. feel like Asher Roth missed kind of the window to be like, I guess what Jack Harlow is now or what G-Eazy and Mac, like, like, you know what I mean? I think when Asher Roth came out, I don't think people really got it all the way. I think all of us, I think when you look at that cover, all of us were the guinea pigs for every other artist that came out after. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from, you, you take someone like, you take someone like Asha, like you said, you know, people saw that and then you have Mac Miller afterwards. Um, you, t- you look at somebody like Blue, you see that and then, you know, after Blue, you have like a Fashon or you have a, a J. Cole. Right. Um, currency, right? Like Currency was just incredible. After that, you know, you get Wiz. Wiz. Um, so like people saw what the, the mistakes that we may have made and just kind of was like, okay, I'm going to stay away from that and, and kind of do this or I'm going to do this or I'm going to work with these guys that came out before us. And, and What about for you? Them. What do you think like for you, maybe, you know, were the things that transpired that maybe kind of prevented you from meeting your full potential? Cause you had full, you know, full record deals and all that shit. Like two main things with people taking my style, being a little bit more popular than me at the time. Um, I was the guy doing skinny jeans. I was the guy who was fashion forward. I was the guy putting a song out every week on the internet when nobody was doing it. Yeah, you did that. It was either you or Crooked Eye. Crooked Eye did the freestyles. Shout out to Crooked Eye. He did the freestyles every week. I was putting out songs. Like I put Drake. Drake was on that series when nobody knew who Drake was. Cuddy was on that series. Um, You know, Corey was on that series. Like Mm. I was... When I was doing that, it was it, it felt different. Buckshot was on that series. It was just a whole bunch of craziness. So I think that mixed with the fashion, people kind of took the skinny jeans because people were baggy. Like if you, oh for sure, people were crazy looking at the time. So so those two things, and then Jive folding. When Jive folded, that was the end. That was the that was the end of my trajectory because 
now I'm moving on to RCA. I did a deal with RCA because I didn't get dropped. It's just the label folded. So pe- the people did get dropped, but I had got another deal. It's the same. Me and Justin Timberlake were on the same label. So he got moved to RCA or Epic, and I got moved to RCA, did a new deal. But it's people who didn't believe in me and understand. Yeah, the same people who were A&Rs, the people who brought you on the team, they're no longer there. They're no longer there. And when you're like that in a, re- in a building, it's like you're in no man's land. It's no man's land. So that's what happened, and that's the reason why I kind of just fell apart it happens a lot right especially it, a lot it doesn't even happen when a label folds it happens when someone gets fired yep then you get somebody who doesn't new care. president comes in they didn't sign you they don't right. believe in you they just following the numbers the analytics so that's kind of what happened to me in that space and you know stuff like that has happened to a lot of artists oh, for sure and they and a lot of them haven't recovered uh xv you know xv somebody who signed with warner and just they didn't know what the fuck to do with him, and he was a, an alien. Like XV alien. was like Kendrick Lamar level talent. Insane, insane, huge support system and fan base. But like you said, once you get into that system, they move. They were still moving by the archaic rules. Mm-hmm. You know, get a radio record, do some promo. Whereas the internet was just coming along. Spotify hadn't started yet. Spotify mm-hmm. and it was SoundCloud was around mm-hmm. that time when he got his deal. So like things. You know, the, the labels didn't know what to do. The blogs were in charge at the time. So it was tough for them to figure out how to make money off of a world where it's post Napster, mm-hmm. presently Z share and Hulk share, media fire, media fire. And then we're right before SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music and things like that. You know, it's crazy because like like when you think about that cover is like, you know, so like I was a huge Charles. I mean, I was a huge fan of B.O.B. B.O.B. obviously went on to have hit records. Hit records. But but it also took a while. Yeah. It took him two years. Yeah. You know, like even I even think about like Cole, like Cole was the year after or two years later. Cole was the year after he was on the 2010 cover. I think of like even Cole, like they didn't know what to do with Cole forever. He popped in 2012. Yeah. Like it was like, bro, like. It was a weird era for the industry because, like you said, like it's like how do you monetize this internet buzz if there isn't a hit record because the labels now, as long as it streams, it doesn't matter if it's played on the radio. It took them ten years to figure it out. Yeah, because Napster pops up oh two, mm-hmm. oh three, and you know then you have uh, whatever else uh, streaming sites that was out around that time. I forgot what the other ones were. But then, and then it just kept moving, moving forward, moving forward. YouTube, 05, you know, MySpace, um, Twitter, everything just started. So the labels were in, confused. You know, when I first joined Twitter, nobody was on Twitter. Right. <laughs> there was no labels on Twitter. There was no news sites on Twitter. Mm-hmm. There was nobody on Twitter. So once they started to get the hang of it, then they started to put their, their minds together. and was like, we're going we're gonna to take over by doing this, doing this, doing that. And now this... The streaming services, it's back to the way it was. They're in control again. Yeah, it's almost like Carl Cherry's like the new SK, kind of, right? Carl Cherry. <laughs> or like, you know, because you would think like, I mean, I saw with my own eyes, like, if you could get Shake or Meg to post their, your shit on Two Dope Boys. You like, was loud. It literally like will change your life. Life changing. Yeah. If SK posted you, forget about it. Over. Like at the at that in the real like early stages, not right was the blog. Period. It was not right. And then, you know, everyone else was coming up, but not right was like the standard. Like if if you got on not right, it was like, oh shit, this I got it. I listen to everything on not right. I was on not right three times a week. That's crazy. <laughs> Every week for the year, I was on it three times a week. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, 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 it, I miss the era of music because it did feel like those guys had like legitimate 
love for quality. And I think that the blog era, at least the gatekeepers, in my opinion, were the best gatekeepers we've ever had because they were the most tuned in and they, you know, like I'm real over the years was really tight with shake and Mac and those guys. And like, they like genuinely, like if they didn't like your music, they didn't post it. Yeah. And that was, that's different, right? Because now you're going to get on a playlist cause it's an algorithm or because like, you know, even if the song sucks, if you're the bigger name or you got, the, you're on a label, you're getting on rap caviar. Even if someone who's running that playlist is like, this shit is ass. As to where back then, I feel like at least the gatekeepers were like hip hop nerds. And they wrote about it. It was always. And they had a post where they typed and it was like, yo, like they took pride of like help building people's careers. Like, yeah, I owe my, I owe my career to now, right? And the, all of the blogs on Smash, Two mm-hmm. Dope Boys, even World Star Hip Hop. You World know? Star, yeah. They were, when they first were starting out, you know, they were underneath Now Right. And then. You know, the fights helped them, but a lot of times it was the music, my freestyles that would go up there, it would help build up the site, you know? So, you know, a lot of these places was just starting out. Even Hip Hop DX, mm-hmm. all hip hop, they were just starting out. Do you remember the forum days before the blogs? Hip hop game. Hip hop game. There was a realistnwords.com. I used yeah. to download all my mixtapes off of uh, yeah. Slums of Boxton. Slum. Oh my gosh. You know, back then, Jay Electronica, he would post links and then delete them. Oh, really? He would go into these chat rooms, into these forums, post a link to like Act 1 or Act 2, and then delete it. That's crazy. Yeah, those, those, uh, those, those, that's how I got my name. I would illegally download mixtapes and albums from those forums and then go to the swap meet when I was 16 and sling them bitches. Wow. Yeah. I used to sell mixtapes and, and bootleg albums when I was in high school. That's crazy. Hey, what up, man? We got to interrupt the interview real quick to tell you about our family at Odd Socks. Now, when I be riding for Odd Socks so hard, man, it's because I really love the product. They got the most comfortable socks in the fucking world. I got a pair of Odd Socks basics on right now. Go get those. They got the socks, WWE joints, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to The Undertaker, Pepsi, motherfucking, really whatever you need. Some weed socks, Nickelodeon. But really, they got the draws now, ladies and gentlemen. I'm holding a pair of Tapatio underwear right now. You want some Pop-Tarts on your dick? Pop-Tart draws. And these motherfuckers are so comfortable. Like, man. So listen, you got to go to oddsocksofficial.com and use the uh, promo code, the discount code BOOTLEGKEV at oddsocksofficial.com. You'll save 20% off underwear, the most comfortable socks in the world. Crazy licenses. Not only they got the WWE, they got the Scarface, they got the Street Fighter, they got the Nickelodeon, they got it all. So make sure you hit that website, oddsocksofficial.com. Save 20% off with the promo code BOOTLEGKEV. All right? Go do that. Shout out to Odd Socks. Let's get back to the interview. I, I just think like now it's, it's kind of it's kind of like somewhere in the middle. Unfortunately, like, you know, like there's not as many gatekeepers, right? There's only a few. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I've, I consider Carl Cherry a, a gatekeeper. Yeah, and Carl's super tuned in. He's super, he is a hip-hop f- fanatic. You know, like, Carl's... He a, was a part of the XXL freshman cover. Yeah, Carl's a fucking, a, a, a one of the good guys, I say, you know. Um, and Carl's taking chances on a lot of artists, too. Like, there's a kid out of L.A. named Nana that's incredible that, like, doesn't even have 10,000 followers, but he's a fucking incredible artist. Grip, who just signed with Shady. Grip, that's my boy. I love Grip. You know, I found out about Grip. I had a show in Nebraska, and the promoter, he just kept playing Grip. And I'm like, who is this guy? This guy is incredible. 
So yeah, it's a guy named Grip, man. He's dope. I DM'd Grip immediately. He's fire. I didn't even know he was signing. He got an album shit. called Snub Nose from 2019. That's fire. I think that was the album I was listening to. He is incredible. And, you know, I hit him up like, yo, man, I think you're dope. Would love to work. Month later, sign a shady. Wow. Um, kind of break down the fake uh, internet altercations. Obviously, you and Lupe are real close, right? Or like, yeah, yeah, that's my bro. You guys like were kind of trolling each other for a while there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we was trolling each other. I think it was one of those things where we was just kind of uh, having conversations about hip hop. You know, just trying to, you know, there was this talk about who's the best, and you know, I was just trying to conduct the interview. I wasn't. I, I actually think know. Lupe Fiasco, like lyrically, as like a just pure rapper. He's he might be like top five to ten ever. I'm not talking about like, and by the way, he's got classic projects. Yes, but like if we're just talking about putting you in a room, here's a pad of paper, go crazy. I'm not sure there's many people in the history of this planet that can hang with Lupe <laughs> Fiasco. And I say that with all due respect. I, I agree. I agree. He's one of he's one of the greats. He's my biggest what if. Yeah, like Lupe to me should be on the like like. When I think of like Lupe's trajectory and like how Atlanta kind of stalled him, I, I feel like Atlantic stalled him out. And like, I feel like at some point in time, he might have maybe just lost, not, not necessarily lost passion for the hip hop, like as an art form, but just for the industry. Yeah, I mean, I think, I just think he wanted to do what he wanted to do. And I think Atlantic saw the success of Superstar. Right. And they're like, we need more of that. We need more of that. And he's like, bro, I'm an artist. I want to do this. And, and then Lasers like, comes out and it's like, Shout out to my guy Pooh Bear, you know, but at the time it was going by MDMA, but like there's like a lot of these like commercial, like ar- like weird R&B hooks that just didn't feel right. When it's like, yo, that's not why we came here in the first place. That's not why Lupe's got a fucking cult following. They're not here for that shit. Yeah, I mean, they gave him his biggest records, though. I think, you know. No, he. I mean, obviously, yeah, like you said, uh, the, the record with, with Trey was huge. Trey uh, record was nuts. And even, you know, the show goes on. I, I think that might. Was that on that album? Yeah, yeah Shogo's on was huge. I think that might that it's either between that or Superstar might be the biggest Probably record. Shogo. Yeah, it's one of those two. You know, those biggest are the two biggest records. So, you yeah. know, I think he has a love and hate relationship with Lasers. Um, but you know, he's still top five, top Man, ten. Man, listen, I was I don't know, was it twenty fifteen that Murals uh, the song Murals came out when he was yeah. rapping for nine minutes straight? And it was just And I just remember like saying, Man, anybody who thinks Lupe fell off, just press play on that murals. <laughs> Mural is and nuts. it's like, what the fuck? Like that's Smithsonian rap right there. Yes, yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. But uh you have a joint project out with Blue. Yeah, that's my brother. Shout out to Blue, somebody else, you know, his album his that first album with Exile was another Bl- moment in like in like Below the Heavens is like a backpack you know, moment. It was like a moment in backpack history. Yeah. Like that boom bap, like wow, shit. Like he was right. I want to say he was right before the blog era, and because that dropped in 07. So he was right before. Yeah, because it came out when I was in high school. Yeah. And that project is, I'm a fan of that project. Yeah. So you guys originally met at the cover shoot? We actually met, we had a show together at Rock the Bells. Was it Rock the Bells? No, it was uh, the Brooklyn Hip Hop Fest. We okay. had a show together. And uh, that's when we first met. And then we met again at the cover. So you guys have obviously kept rapport throughout the years. And now, yeah. you know, what was this? What was the, uh, whose idea was it to do a project together? It was mine. We were on tour in 2018. And I was like, yo, I think we should do a project while we were in the car. And he was like, yep, <laughs> let's do it. And I was like, all right. So I went, you know, we both was reaching out to different producers to see who could do the whole thing. And um, we, we settled on Knotts. Mm-hmm. Knotts is a legend. And Knotts was like, yeah, let's do it. So, you know, we just kind of went 
and and picked beats and we put this project together. It was crazy. It's crazy. It's called the narrative. How is it? Because uh, you know when you you're working on solo shit, you really only have to worry about like your vision, right? Is 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 not you know you know what your perspective is is you know how to get your point across. How is the dynamic changing when you have when you bring a whole another prolific rapper to the table and you guys have to collaborate on like these things for the most part i'm a pretty easygoing mc if he a lot of times blue would have concepts and i'd be like okay and i would just run with it and there were times when you know i would put i put like maybe two of them two of the songs together and he was like okay cool it, i mean once you have two people that don't have big egos that come together they're both just trying to make sure that the project just comes together pretty well it was a very easy project for us to put together it took forever to come out because of the features we were waiting a long time for the features to come who was on the album we got coda the friend shout out to coda uh we got uh tank uh, uh taviana bell from taking the bangers mm-hmm. we have sorry the kid on there he's dope asher roth is on there shout out to asher um Fishon is on there. Mm. Oswin Benjamin. Oswin is my guy. I love Oswin. My my producer Tony Chalk and him are doing a whole project together. Yeah, it's funny because he was going to do a he was going to do a high on life um, freestyle. I, I listen. So he calls me while I'm in New York, and he's like, "Yo, Mickey, I got to do a high on life freestyle." And I was like, "I got to do a bootleg care freestyle, but I haven't written anything yet." And he was like, Yo, I'm, on my, I'm about to get on a flight. I said, all right, when you land, my verse will be done. So when he landed, I called him. Verse was done. And we both split our verses. And he was like, yo, tell Boogie Kev I said, what's up? Because he's, he's he's on my bucket list. Like, No, he's coming up here. Yeah. He was like, yo, he's on my bucket list. I said, yeah, Kev is on my bucket he list, li- too. He lives in my hometown. He's in our, he's in Phoenix now. Yeah, he's in my hometown. Yeah. Yeah, Os- Oswin's uh, going to have a nice career. He's incredible. He can he's, do a lot. He can sing. He can rap. He's 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 very. I mean, I I don't think like he's had the moment where we can say he slept on yet, but you know, I think he's bubbling. And when his his moment comes, it'll be soon. It'll be big. It's gonna. It's it's on the way. I, I believe it's on the way. I think he. You know, he just has to. You know, figure it out. Once he figures it out, he's out of here. Yeah, he's got a lot of talent. Um, yeah, that's dope. Uh, so with with this album, do you feel like um, you know, because I, I do feel like. Did, was there a point in time where you kind of just stepped away from music? Yeah, I quit music in 2013, at the end of 2013. And was that like a hard thing for you to do, man? Because I know, you know, I know this industry will spit you up, chew you up and spit you out, man. It was too much that was going on. You know, I left RCA. It just wasn't. It's a shitty label unless you're a priority. Shout out to RCA, but God bless them. But yeah, if you're not a priority, fuck, they had D1 on RCA forever and didn't know what the fuck to do. Anyway. I digress. I left and then I lost a lot of money in 2013 not working. And I had 414 in my bank account. And I was like, man, I'm not doing rap no more. And then 2014 comes around and I'm like, I couldn't get a job because I hadn't have I hadn't worked since 2007. So by April, when I realized that I couldn't get a job, I was like, well, it's time to rap again. And that just kind of was my resurgence. And I went into my plan B, which was just being this MC that can just that just goes, that just raps. And people just kind of, you know, it just continued to snowball, 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 snowball. And now, you know, I am, I'm, I'm here, you know? Yeah. I think what's dope is like now, uh, there is no middleman. If you want to drop music, you just get a distro kit account and you're on and you're on and you can run up your indie catalog. And even if you have a thousand fans that are your core fan base there's a way to monetize that and and make a living off of this rap shit yep you just that's have why to be I tell consistent. everybody like you got to be consistent and you have to like figure out 
how to get to a point where you have enough fans that are like diehard fans. It could be 500 kids. That's all you need. If they support everything you do and you're strategic and you're smart, you're going to be able to pay your bills off rap music. You know what I'm saying? And you you turn 500 into 600 and and so on and so forth. And I think that's what's kind of been dope about like uh, somebody like, you know, what, what Griselda's done is like they've just racked up so much catalog. And Russ, who took a page out of your book, shout yeah. out to Russ. Russ is, you know, did a did a one song a week for a year, mm-hmm. but it's like just betting on yourself, shout knowing. Guess what? Not every record is going to be a hit. No, it doesn't work like that. But it's okay because every record, someone's going to listen to it, and yep. it just commutes. It's, it's, it all adds up. Like it all builds up. It all adds up, and I think that's what matters, right? Like being able to, you know, put out content. Mm-hmm. That your supporters really appreciate and they want to support you because they feel like you're giving them the soundtrack to not only your life, but their life. And that matters to them a lot. So, you know, that's and how also puts you in a dope creative position because now you're just giving people what they want, not what the people on the 52nd floor want. <laughs> right. Because they're all about numbers and analytics. Like, nah, you guys, I'm Mickey Facts. People fuck with me because I can rap my fucking ass off. Right. So let me give you all some of that. That's why I, that's how I got here. That's how I got here. And that's how we're going to stay here. Yeah, straight up, man. Well, look, uh, the album is out. Go yes, support sir. it. The narrative, me, Blue, Knots. Make sure you guys go pick that up. It's crazy. Yo, go support. Shout out to Knots, legend. He's from Virginia, right? Virginia Beach, man. I don't know what's in the water. He did a whole album with Asher Roth, I believe, that was and fucking crazy. And Blue. Yeah, yeah. Yo, and me. Knots is that guy. <laughs> He's incredible. Yo, shout out to Virginia for producing Pharrell, Timbaland, and Knots. And Bink. And Bink. Wow. I didn't know Bink was from Virginia. He's from Virginia. Something Beach. about something in the water in Virginia for producers, boy. Is 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 Missy from there? Yeah. I, ooh, is she from Virginia? I don't know if Missy's from Virginia. I, mean, I she, think she, she is. She might be. We, we, we're checking that. Is, I, is Magoo from Virginia? I don't know. If hey, the first uh, Timberland and Magoo album finally is on DSP. Shout out to Empire. Uh, yeah. She is from Virginia. Crazy. Wow. And she's a producer too. The Clips. <laughs> the Clips. <laughs> the Clips. Chad Hugo. We can't we don't get enough give enough love to Chad. Chad is man, monster. Monster. Is, man. All right, well look, uh, there's going to be another YouTube video where this guy's do, look, rapping his ass off, blacking out. Let's go. Yes, sir. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, 
and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.